Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. As early as we can start the show, we've got exciting stuff underway. We're going to do our usual football talk and maybe a little bit of scattered MLB. The Cubs definitely have us on the ropes. We're worried whether or not they'll make the playoffs or whether or not they'll be the division winner. But we're going to start it off this week because we had a, we had a conversation earlier in the week, me and Xander, that I felt should be brought to the show. I hope to get a response from some of our listeners who happen to be our friends. Um, it's the idea of understanding what an elite quarterback is in the NFL. This is probably going to take up this segment. We can't hold on to much longer than that because we have to get you our picks and everything. But I think I have concluded and found out what a good elite quarterback is for a franchise. I know there's tons of franchise quarterbacks. I know there's tons of star quarterbacks out there. And I know Russell Wilson was considered tons. one of these. I I know Russell was considered one. They just had a tough loss against the Bears in week two. There's a difference between a Russell Wilson and a Tom Brady and a Peyton Manning and an Aaron Rodgers. Guys who, over the course of their tenure, always make the playoffs. Over the course of their tenure, have won Super Bowls, compete in the postseason. And since I was in eighth grade, since 2008, Aaron Rodgers had been to the playoffs every single season. Obviously, last year he broke the collarbone. But I was never even worried about it. And stuff shifted. Our defenses have completely changed from the days we had Al Harris and Mike McKenzie to the... Tremont Williams and Sam Shields years to the Charles Woodson years it all changes but Aaron Rodgers is still getting there I don't think the Seahawks make the playoffs this year and I think it brings up the question is Russell Wilson elite what is the actual tier for elite I know Joe Flacco is not considered that and I don't think I can consider Russell Wilson that whereas I can consider him a franchise quarterback I don't think he's an elite quarterback it's a guy who can't take his team to the level no matter who he's playing with and I know we had this argument a little bit I just you can give your stance because I know you like to play devil's advocate here yeah this is a really tough one for me because you look at Russell Wilson, really one play away should have been a run right up the middle from being a two-time Super Bowl champion. Um, and I, I want to play devil's advocate in saying that Russell Wilson's team right now is pretty bad. Um, you look at the offensive line, look at the receiving core there in Seattle, um, you look at the defense that is really nowhere near what they used to be. I mean, I think they got one member left from the Legion of Boom, that's Earl Thomas playing, playing safety, but... 
And that's other side of the coin. You're right. Um, guy like Aaron Rodgers always takes his team to the playoffs, no matter who was there. But honestly, I, I would really only put two guys in that elite tier. I think that are playing right now. That'd be Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think there's a difference between being a franchise quarterback and being elite. Uh, you can be a fran- like you know Matthew Stafford, franchise quarterback, elite. No, not even close. Um, so I do think there's a difference. Um, I don't want to write Russell Wilson off though as not being elite yet. I want to give me give me ten years. Give me ten years. Let me see what he can do. If he has maybe a couple off years here and there, I'm not going to completely write him off yet. But I mean, it's hard what he's doing with this team because they're brutal. I mean, he's got to r- literally do everything. But at the same time, you're right. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they're always there. Um, and it's Tom Brady. Does part of it have to do with Bill Belichick? Yes, um, and the way that organization runs. But look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, no matter who the Packers have had around him, and that defense has been kind of a shuffleboard of players over the past five or six years. Dealt with a lot of injuries too. I mean, they do have a couple mainstays. Clay Matthews being one of those guys, but he's been hurt quite a bit too um, over the past few years. So it's a very interesting argument. You know, whether or not. And I want somebody to devil's advocate me on other players as well. I don't want to shit on Russell Wilson. I know he's been to two Super Bowls, but that is part of the case. Like Matt Ryan has been to a Super Bowl. Cam Newton has been to a Super Bowl. Franchise quarterbacks, guys who were going to get that job done, but they're not consistently getting to the postseason. And I, I just really think that to be the guy you need to be elite, you have to have your team in contention every year. When that new slate comes out, you have to be one of the favorites in the NFL to make it to the playoffs and make it to the Super Bowl. And I'm not seeing that from them. And you talk about the team Russell Wilson's playing with and how it's really bad. So the offensive line, horrible. He's been sacked 12 times the first two weeks. His defense weak because the Legion of Boom is no more. It's the Legion of Fl- or Foom or Flume, whatever you want. It's just nothing there anymore. Um, but look at Peyton Manning. We bring up Peyton Manning, a guy who made it. it honestly, when we grew up, it was Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, that – those guys, to me, they were there every single year in the postseason and every single year in the Super Bowl. I know Favre only won one and Rodgers has only won one so far, but they're competing every year. Peyton Manning had the worst defense in the league. The team went 12 and or 2 and 14 the year after he left, kind of LeBron James-esque. And that guy was able to take that team all the way to the finals, win a Super Bowl, get to two, actually. Um, three. Three. And that it's incredible to me because you say, well, maybe the offensive line is more important. Yes, in some aspects, you're right. That is the way in which your quarterback's protected, have time, and your offense could put up points. But when your defense is allowing 30 points per game, your offense has to then account for that. And that's almost so it's like picking lessers of two evil here. Would you rather have a bad defense or a bad offensive line? And no matter the excuse, Peyton Manning was still there to get his team to the fin- or the finish line every single time. So that's where I'm thinking. Like I'm thinking of these tier quarterbacks. Obviously, you can go back way back when, and you have the Montanas and the Youngs. But in our era, it has really been only Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Favre. And I would even sprinkle in Ben Roethlisberger, a guy who's looking really horrible this year. I mean, although he had an unbelievable performance week two, that defense in Pittsburgh, you can figure it out. CBS is going to be some music to jive to right now. But um, that's why that's well, that's why the elite conversation came up. Xander. I just like I don't know if I can put Russell Wilson there. I definitely would never put Joe Flacco there. And you'd have to fight me on the Eli Manning one. But I think you could have a case for Eli Manning being there. Yeah, well, I mean, I think there everybody reaches a certain point where you're no longer elite. Um, I mean, but look, look at a guy like Tom Brady. The guy is like 40 years old. 
but one, probably the best quarterback of all time. So comparing him to everybody else, you know, he is probably the, the best that's ever done it. Um, but yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, interesting argument. Is he elite anymore? Uh, I don't think so. Um, but you look at a guy like Peyton. Peyton Manning at the end was a shell of his former self. But at one point, he was an elite quarterback, easily top. Three. Still went to the playoffs and went won a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos when he was a shell. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And I think maybe the one thing about Russell Wilson that maybe hurts him a little bit is his athleticism. I think sometimes he might try to do a little bit too much, and that's not a knock against him. It's just saying, you know, is a guy like Tom Brady going to go out and try to make the plays that Russell Wilson tries to make? Like, no, absolutely not. That's just not his But Aaron Rodgers will. Leprosy is the veil behind which stains operates. Wow, we are, CBS is all up in your grill today, Sander. What's going on here? They just pop. I mean, I've got all my college football previews. They just pop in whenever. They know that I'm trying to do a segment here, and they just pop in. But yeah, Russell Wilson. I mean, are we counting the Seahawks out yet? I can't. I can't do that yet. I mean, in that kind of division, I I am almost willing to say that 40 percent of teams that start 0 and 2 have made the playoffs. I believe is what it is, and that's 40%. a low percentage, obviously. Um, I'm willing to count them out. That's fair. Um, we'll see if Doug Baldwin can make a little comeback. Um, is Chris Carson or Rashad Penny going to seize the carries in that backfield? Um, time will It'll tell. Be It'll be very interesting. But if Russell Wilson keeps getting sacked five or six times a game, this Seahawks team is going to go nowhere because there's just there's just no quarterback in the league that can take that kind of beating. If Russell Wilson can even make it through the entire season. That will be a surprise in itself but that is all the time we have here for the sporting edge everybody if you miss a show you know where to find us libertytalk.fm amfm247.com we'll be back after this what's up what's up everybody we are at the place where we never sleep we're honestly always recording this podcast you guys only get an hour worth of it though on saturday we are doing college football picks for you guys last week an okay week i'm getting back towards the 500 mark i'm seven and eight overall i went three and two winning my tcu bet my lsu bet as well as my oregon state not oregon state oklahoma state over byu I unfortunately lost Ole Miss as they didn't even want to show up. They did score early going up 7 nothing, but blew that game against what I think is the absolute favorite to win the national title. I don't think there's a team in college football that will keep up with Alabama this year. And we're done with USC. We have a segment coming up next seg- – or we have a yeah segment for our next segment called the SNP segment, and uh, we'll, USC is going to be part of that. Xander went 2-3 and three respectively. He's still well below 500. He's 5-10. <laughs> and 10. He also took USC with me, so he lost that. Lost Boise State because he tried going up against Roz. He lost Auburn because he also tried going up against Roz. But when he finally listened, he won his TCU bet, and he took one for himself, taking Washington minus 5. They were able to cover and win. So, Wits, you've got a long way to climb in college football. Do you want to start us off with your picks or – justify a little bit of why you've been sucking <laughs> um i don't really have a good reason I've, I've made some brutal picks um and that's pretty much all i have to say about it very good very inspiring pick by you taking the lsu tigers that was a fantastic game capped it off with a game-winning field goal um this lsu tigers team i think college football is a just a little bit more fun when lsu has a good football team because they're, I think they're exciting. They're like a poor man's version of Alabama. But they always give you a little snippet of hope that maybe they can make a run um, to the national championship game like they did under Les Miles, which seems like about 20 years ago now. But that was a, an unbelievable game. 
you gotta love Ed Orgeron taking home the victory. Um, I, I was literally watching clips of him in the locker room, him doing interviews all week, and it never ceases to amaze me what a great guy Coach O is for college football. I mean, whether it's the the in-game interviews where he can't understand him or the locker room speeches where he can't understand him, you just know that he's got a lot of passion and a lot of energy towards the game of football, his players, and LSU, and that just makes it that much more exciting. So to see him win that game and immediately high-five the security policemen um, when they were walking to midfield was awesome. But we're going to start off with one of our two top 25 matchups in college football this week. You already mentioned them, the Crimson Tide, looking like they're in a league of their own in college football this year. Looking at their first three matchups, 51 to 14 against Louisville, 57 to 7 against Arkansas State, and they put an absolute beatdown on Mississippi last week, 62 to 7. I refuse to believe that there is a team in college football that can play with this Alabama team. Um, and I think really the main reason is not only do they have a defense now, but they have a quarterback that can actually make plays and I think could make a case to win the Heisman Trophy this year in Tuo Tagovailoa. Um, 36 of 50 on the year, 650 yards and eight touchdowns. Jalen Hurts playing pretty nice in the backup role. He's got four touchdowns as well. But Roz, I think we're both on the same side this week. Um, and we're taking the Aggies. Plus, I'm actually on the other end. I'm wow. taking Bama minus 26 and a half. We're going to okay. agree on Stanford, but bam. I'm going for Bam Wham, Alabama, Roll Tide. They are the unstoppable force that is. And Texas A&M is going to take a nice little trouncing when it comes to playing the, the Crimson Tide on Saturday. So I apologize for going against you here, Wits. But I think I'm going to have to take this W as well in our SEC matchup. I am, by the way, I want to point this out. I I was about to lie to you guys. I'm not perfect in SEC games as I lost the Ole Miss one, but that is my only SEC bet loss so far this year. Go check it out, everybody. I have been perfect other than the Ole Miss game last week. Wow. Okay. Taking a little... A little road less travel. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't. I don't really want to bet against Alabama, but I'm going to do it again. I had Arkansas State in week two, um, and they let me down. Texas A&M. There's something just a little special about this program. Not only because of just the team, but just the the aura of that school. I, I met a guy over the summer who went to Texas A&M, and I think it's great. They all everybody who goes there wears their class rings on their fingers, like no other school that I've ever seen. There's just a there's a, something about Texas A&M that just makes me think that they could get up and keep this game within four touchdowns. I know they're traveling. I know they're on the road. But um, I, just ha- I just have a good feeling about this week in Texas A&M, something that you know, is very hard to say against a team like Alabama. But I don't think Alabama can be as on as they have been every single week. I know that they're a superior football team. Look at every single aspect of the game quarterback, running back, wide receivers, both sides of the line, offense, defense. They are the cream of the crop. Most probably most second and third string guys in Alabama would start. I think at most other division one schools around the country, but I do like Texas A&M. Um, they have one of the better running backs in the sec, Trevion Williams, um, averaging 133 yards a game. It's going to be tough, but I think Kellen Moore, or excuse me, Kellen Mond, um, Averaging almost 300 yards a game at six touchdown passes on the year. I think they got a really good balance there, and I don't think they're going to win this game, but I think they're going to keep it close. I think if they can make a couple key plays on defense and not let Tua toss the ball all over the field, 
I think this is going to be a, you know like a 20-point game, something like that. I think they're going to keep it close a little bit, but I think Alabama is definitely a better team. But I do like the Aggies this week to cover the 26-point spread. Awesome. And we're moving on to our next top 25 pick with Stanford at minus two. Both of us are riding the Stanford Cardinal. No S there. No Tiger Woods or Kerry Wood debate there. There's no S involved. I'm going with the Cardinals because I think they're the best. Whoops, I just blew that. I'm going with the Cardinal because I believe they're the best team in the Pac-12. Head and shoulder above the rest. I think they're going to win this one easily against an Oregon team that's finding themselves back in the top 25 since the Chip Kelly days or the Mark Helfrich days. But we are... We're going to go with Stanford here, aren't we, Wits? We are. Speaking of Chip Kelly, it's been a rough start for him um, as the head man in UCLA. Uh, I'm not going to not going to write him off yet. I know that, you know first year back in the program, but it hasn't been the prettiest of starts for the Bruins. But I do like Stanford minus the point and a half on the road, ranked number seven against number twenty Oregon. Both these teams off to a three and zero start. They they've both been pretty impressive. But you know Stanford twenty one point win over San Diego State. Um, who had beaten Arizona State the week before? 14-point win over USC. Um, and look at Oregon. You know they've had they've had Bowling Green, San Jose State, and Portland State. Those three teams are a combined two and seven on the year. Um, so nothing against Oregon. I mean they, they play who's on the schedule, but I think the Stanford team. Um, I think it's gonna they're gonna show them something. I, I love Bryce Love. <laughs> how funny how that works. Um, there you go. What worries me about Oregon is that. You know, three games against pretty inferior inferior competition. Um, you know, they've won, haven't looked super impressive, but something about this Oregon team they always get they always give me a little fright. Um, I think of Oregon, I think of Marcus Mariota, but I, I do like Stanford in this game. Um, I think they've shown us that they can play with some pretty good teams, and they put a beat down, like I said, on San Diego State and USC, um, who is about one week away from never being mentioned on this show again. We're putting them in Texas territory. But I like Stanford to win this game by 10 points. Um, I think they'll easily cover the one-and-a-half-point spread. Awesome. And we both are riding Clemson minus 15 against Georgia Tech. I just think that's a game they need to reestablish themselves after playing a close game to Texas A&M and kind of looking off with their offense not being where it's supposed to be at. Um, You're more of the Clemson guy. You've been riding them for two years, so tell me a little bit why you're feeling Clemson. Yeah, so Clemson, I mean, you look at this matchup last year. They won 26-7 to in Death Valley. A little bit different going on the road, but I just don't think Georgia Tech has the firepower to hang with this Clemson team. I think Clemson is, I think for me, a clear-cut number two team in the nation. Um, I know they're ranked number three right now, but I just love, I love what they do on the defensive side of the ball, and I think Kelly Bryant um, just keeps getting a little better each year. Um, you know, Dabo Sweeney is a guy who is, you know, he can get it done when it really counts. I mean, you look at that national championship game that they won. Um, I, I just like, I think Clemson's a superior team and I think they're just going to kind of take Georgia tech to town on all three phases of the game. Fair. And now we're going to separate. We don't have any more picks under the same belt. I'm going heavy spreads. Ohio state let me down last week in terms of when I flop my bet, but I'm taking the minus 36 and a half against Tulane and I'm taking Penn State minus 27 and a half against Illinois on the road. That one's probably going to be my toughest bet of the week, but those are my closing picks right there. My closing picks are the Nebraska Cornhuskers going on the road against number 19 Michigan. I think Scott Frost um, is going to get his team up to play here. I like Nebraska plus 17 and a half, and I'm also picking against a team that I hate, the Texas Longhorns. I'm taking TCU two weeks in a row, minus three on the road. I think this is a little bit of a light spread, maybe a little bit of a trap game, but I like the Horn Frogs, minus three 
on the road, ranked number 17 against Texas. That is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We'll be back after the break, a little NFL and a little MLB. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the Bubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, the Bubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back and we're doing a whole new segment for you guys here is in our third segment of the show. We are doing the snippets. If you guys don't know what snipping is, if we haven't mentioned on the phone, when you are not on the phone on the podcast, when you are snipped, you are absolutely out of here. Xander, give a quick Mac 11 story about snipping and we will get underway with our snips of the week. <laughs> yeah, so this is going all the way back to high school baseball. Um just a funny story. Very funny kid on our team, starting pitcher. Um, and I remember coming off the field one day, a little bit of a rough pitching outing, and he just looks at me and he goes, Wits, you're snipped. And that was the start of being snipped. So whenever you do something bad, um, whenever you have a team or a player that's really let us down, they are now going to be not, – they're not going to be in the list. They're just going to be snipped. So this is a we, they will not be discussed further. They will not be in the high praises of the sporting. They'll guys. be discussed, but it will be it'll be with extreme disgust. Um, Put the scissors next to the name. We're going to start off with Zane Gonzalez of Cleveland, a man who has robbed the Browns of opening the beer case two weeks in a row, as well as he has now lost a job. So the Browns are on the team snipping right now. Hashtag team snipping. Zane Gonzalez missing two extra points and two field goals to beat the Saints in one of the more unbelievable showings of poor kicking Zane Gonzalez is a snippy award winner yeah that was an extremely ugly loss by the Browns they could definitely be 2-0 this season Um, and after letting the Saints crawl back into that game excuse me Tyrod Taylor throws a 50-yard bomb to tie the game miss extra point Zane Gonzalez he snipped he might never get another NFL kicking job again because I just don't know any team um, with the amount of free agent kickers out there that would give this guy a shot. Zane is snipped. Um, didn't really care at the Browns lost, but it would have been nice to see him win. Um, and as we're sitting here, we got three minutes left in Thursday night football. Browns are down by three. So if that isn't a little foreshadow, I don't know what else is. Got another kicker on the list. And I, I feel bad about this one. I feel for the rookie here, Daniel. Carlson. I'm feeling good that you're snipping him. He is not on my snip list, and we'll explain why the Packers are a little bit in the snippy territory. But go ahead and name your other kicker on your snip list. Daniel Carlson, 0 for 3 on the Minnesota Very important Vikings. field goal is a miss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two chances to beat the Packers um, in what would have been a huge division win. We end up with our second NFL tie, which is the most unsatisfying thing um, I think around is a tie at the NFL game 
They shortened the overtime. I think it was last year to 10 minutes. And honestly, I don't think it's long enough. I think you need that full quarter. Um, And as we saw, Vikings-Packers, neither team can get it done. But Daniel Carlson, in his second NFL game ever, he gets the snip. And it's very unfortunate. It's very depressing. But, I mean, come on. A tie is – I'm going to snip the NFL here shortly because of their tie. The fact that we're playing an American-made sport and allowing FIFA rules to run free and we have draws and ties – is the closest thing to blue balls. And if you're under the age of 13, you don't know what blue balls are. It is one of the worst feelings you can have. And for the Packers who have blown that game and, one, get that call, I'm sniffing NFL refs for calling that egregiously horrible call of roughing the passer on Clay Matthews. But, Carlson, you didn't get snipped by me because you gave us the tie instead of the loss. So thank you very much there. We've got a team snip here in John Gruden. I think me and Wits have officially taken the scissors to Gruden. You let Mac go. Your defense doesn't look any bit good. You're up 19 to something in the first half, and you blow the game against the Denver Broncos, your division rivals. Team snip of the Gruden. <laughs> the upstart Denver Broncos, who are now 2-0, and but John Gruden, the first week was bad enough getting absolutely trounced by the Rams, mostly in the second half. That was the most disgusting part. Um, Absolutely zero pass rush. I forgot the exact statistics, but Khalil Mack has essentially equaled the entire Raiders team, pass rush, rush statistics, sacks, forced fumbles, what have you. Um, And then they go out again and have an awful second half, get outscored 20-7, to give up 10 points in the fourth quarter, to lose to the Broncos 20 to 19 and in what already is I think looking like a pretty tough division with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Philip Rivers and the Chargers and now the 2-0 Broncos John Gruden you have officially been snipped by the Sporting Edge one for letting Khalil Mack go and two for starting off 0-2 in your comeback to Oakland it's been a rough start for Gruden and right now he's snipped and I don't see this Raiders team really being much better than what they've shown us. I don't think they're that good to begin with, but starting off 0-2, it's just, you can't do it. And you can't lose to Denver. And I don't know if you have any more snips. I have one team snip. We did our player snips, our coach snip, and I got a team snip. Wisconsin, you've been officially team snipped or team snipped for me. Um, Losing that game to BYU shows the lack of talent there in the Big Ten. You are team snip along with a division snip as I'm snipping the AFC South, the Titans, the Colts, the Jaguars, and whoever else I don't even care to mention in that AFC South. You're all snipped. The Texans, they're the other team. You can't snip the Jaguars, though. They're all snipped. They They put a beat down on the Patriots. So many dollars in betting, I'm snipping the AFC from my betting contentions ever again. So that is my snip list. I know we've got NFL to talk about. I I I have one more snip. I'm going to give you the space, but we're going to, after his final snip, we're going to talk about last week and my abysmal performance and Xander's very good performance. Oh, very nice. Uh, My last snip is Samuel Bradford of the Arizona Cardinals. A mere 90 yards and one interception against the Rams in a 34 to nothing beat down. Sam Bradford looks lost out there, um, more lost than he's ever been. I think I've always thought of Sam Bradford as a very average starting quarterback, extremely fragile. He's like a glass box. You touch him and he breaks. But Sam Bradford looks lost. I think the Cardinals are going to turn to Josh Rosen, if not sometime this week, definitely next week because. Sam Bradford just isn't getting it done anymore. David Johnson is not getting enough touches, whether it be out of the backfield or out of the slot. Um, 
they need to utilize their weapons more, and Sam Bradford just isn't the guy to get it done. So, unfortunately, Sam Bradford is snipped. I think this Cardinals job might be the last starting quarterback gig he will ever have in the NFL. There, and we're just going to bring an update. The Browns have taken a lead with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. They are up 21-17. Carlos Hyde sitting on Thomas Gandolfi's bench. He can't be happy about that with 23 points on the bench. He did start Jarvis Landry and David Njoku, so the Browns man, the laying the pipe man, Thomas is going to be a little rattled that his best running back is sitting on his bench this week. But let's talk about football last week. It was a tough go of it. Money was lost. Houses were lost. Mortgages were lost. The Packers tied in the most abysmal fashion ever. I also lost Houston's pick as they couldn't figure out a way to beat the Titans without Mariota. Blaine Gabbert showing that maybe there's still a spot for him in the NFL. Kansas City, my only win as I fall to 2-8 and eight on the season. Giants, unbelievably horrible. Eli Manning looks like he is a dinosaur. Needs the wheelchair to even get out onto the field. And Houston, Baltimore, where you already explained, they're blowing it for me. I took the Packers minus one. So one of the worst calls in the the history of the NFL blew that game for me. Xander, on the other hand, looking great, choosing the Chargers, Chiefs, and Vikings, all winning. Vikings winning due to that horrible call and the tie. He did lose the Giants game and did lose the Washington game as Andrew Luck stuck it to the sporting edge last week. But that is last week's recap. Xander, tell us how you feel about going 3-2 and two and being a pretty good 6-4 and four on the NFL season. I do feel pretty good. Um, I'm really happy about the Chargers. I know 31-20, maybe a little t- too close for comfort, but they were up 28-6 at halftime. I like the look of this Chargers team. I think they're going to make a run at the AFC West. Um, I think it'll be exciting watching Patrick Mahomes all year, who lit up the scoreboard again. He's now got 10 passing touchdowns in two games. Unbelievable. I got to give a little shout out to my Bears, too. Winning 24 17 at home versus Seattle. That team, that defense specifically, is firing on all cylinders and makes me think that if Mitch Trubisky can get it together a little bit and play just average at the quarterback position, this Bears team might be able to make a little run in the NFC North because that defense is ferocious. I know that you're a huge Packer homie. But I think you have to agree with me that this Bears team is a little bit scary right now with what they're throwing on the defensive side of the ball. I am a a little bit afraid, but like I said, if they can take wins from the NFC, that is all fine by me. The Packers are about to be 5-0-1 by the time they meet up with the LA Rams in Los Angeles, where I will be at the game doing some live stuff for the Sporting Edge. Um, But... Yeah, Bears, like you said, very impressive. Vikings, a little less impressive to me knowing that we can beat them. We held them to a tie. And the Lions looking like one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. Poor Matt Stafford has been one of the most neglected quarterbacks, I feel, in the NFL. A guy with pure talent, pure arm strength, has just not been given anything since the Calvin Johnson days. He hasn't been given a running back. He hasn't been given another receiver. I know you can say Golden Tate and Marvin Jones are doing pretty well, but that's because Stafford's throwing the ball 53 times a game, and you sure as hell can bet he's going to put it in your arms at least 20 of those times. Um, It's been tough. It's been tough. Also, also shout-out Jacksonville Jaguars. um, Beating the Pats was a big shout-out. Fantastic game against the Pats. Um, Start of the fourth quarter with the Pats down two scores. Kind of made you think back a little bit to the AFC Championship game last year, but they weren't able to do it. Um, A little peculiar near the end of the fourth with about six minutes left. It seemed like the Pats kind of packed it in and uh, kind of folded up the tent there. But props to Jacksonville. Blake Bortles lighting up the scoreboard with four touchdowns, 375 yards passing. And this is all without Leonard Fournette, who's still being bothered by a hamstring industry, industry, injury. Keelan Cole, 
fantastic game. Seven receptions, 116 yards, and a tutty. And that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss the show, you know where to find us. LibertyTalk.fm, AMFM247.com. We'll be back after the break with some picks and a little breakdown of the MLB playoff picture. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back and here to give you our NFL picks. This is the week I turn things around. I need a clean sweep of five just to put myself one game below 500 here. I'm going to start us off here. Me and Xander are both feeling the Bears minus five and a half. I think this is a game they're going to be able to take. I'm looking forward to me. This is the first time, by the way, I've ever bet on the Bears. I just want to put that into the universe. I also did take the Browns minus three, so keep that in mind as they're up four with two minutes left. So my Thursday night picks might finally come to fruition. <laughs> Thursday night, Rod. Um, but we'll but we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, we're both on the Bears. I know that's your home squad, and uh, hopefully they give one or give us a W. Yeah, I mean, I just find it very hard to believe that the Cardinals' offense is going to be able to compete with this Bears' defense. Um, like I just mentioned in the last segment, Sam Bradford has been atrocious this year, 240 yards and two interceptions on the year. Um, I think Trubisky, I'm not sold on him yet. I think there's a lot of things he needs to do better. But I love Matt Nagy. You know, the, this team, it just has little has little spunk to him this year, and I really like that. Um, there's a little life in Chicago, which is something that we haven't heard in a long time. I'm also taking the Saints plus three on the road against division rival Atlanta Falcons. Um, Saints and Falcons both one and one. Uh, they could be both zero and two or two and zero. They played some pretty good games so far, but I do like Drew Brees, Michael Thomas emerging as I think maybe the best fantasy football player in the world. Twenty eight receptions through two games, two hundred sixty nine yards and three touchdowns. I really like the Saints offense here. I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Um, I think it's going to come down to the last possession. I like Drew Brees to lead this team down the field. Taking a look around the league, uh, survivor pool pick, got to take the Vikings minus 16.5 against the hapless Bills. And then looking at a couple other games, I like the 49ers this week, plus 6.5 on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Can Patrick Mahomes continue his pace and throw another five touchdowns this week? I don't think so. Jimmy Garoppolo, Doing some pretty good things so far, but he does have three picks on the year. I think he puts it together and keeps this game close. I like the 49ers to win straight up. Looking a little farther down the board, I like the Panthers minus three at home against the Bengals. Surprising Cincinnati Bengals are making a run in the AFC. Um, 2-0 right now. Panthers are 1-1. I don't particularly care for either team, but I do think Cam Newton and McCaffrey put it together this game. I think they put up 30 points and take down Andy Dalton, Cincinnati. I think Dalton has a rough game this week. I am on the other side of that Panthers coin as I'm taking the Bengals plus three. They showed me enough in order to give me the respect or to earn my respect enough for me to put some money on them. I'm taking them plus three against the Panthers. Panthers. Cam Newton's work ethic has always been in question. He still looks a little bit off. I know he got dinged up and clocked last game. I think that he's going to be a little dung up or dinged up, whatever you want to put it, coming in against the Bengals. I'm going to go Bengals plus three. I like the Chargers plus seven against the Rams. Not saying that they're going to win this L.A. matchup, but I think their defense and their team is better than most people are giving them credit for. The Rams have had a couple of cakewalk opponents in the Raiders and the Cardinals so far, so give the Chargers a little bit of love. Plus seven seems to be the route. I want to go there. Patriots minus six and a half. It's a bounce back week after a loss. Take on Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick will absolutely stick his 
member down his throat and a call of the day. Patriots minus six and a half, the easy bet. And like I said, I took the Browns and Bears this week, the first time I've ever bet in my history of sports betting on these two teams. I'm hoping the Browns hold this one off to get the W against the Jets, and I hope the Bears get their win. But that is our NFL picks this week. Oh, Me and Wits have a lot to prove. One. I'm still drinking the blue Kool-Aid, everyone, and I'm taking... Oh, actually, I'm glad. Bring this up so I can roast you here in five seconds. Sure. I'm drinking the blue Kool-Aid. I'm going back to the water well. I'm taking the New York football Giants plus six on the road against the Houston Texans. Eli Manning looks like he's turning into the Patriots. Breaking news, Sam Darnold throws an interception. The Browns can open the coolers. It is over. The Browns They have three timeouts. The New York Jets I'm calling have three the win. Sam Darnold, Mr. Pick Yourself. He's better at picking noses and throwing footballs as he throws picks like it's his job. Sam Darnold looks like another failed option in New York. <laughs> wow, week three, already writing him off. Um, but a little love, my Giants. I think Eli Manning erupts this week for four touchdowns. Three of them will go to OBJ. I think they know they got to get him the ball more. Saquon Barkley looks like he'll, he will be the next great running back in the NFL. Um, I think there's no doubt about the talent there. This Texans team is underachieved so far. They're 0-2, and I think they fall to 0-3. I think the Giants make their way back into the winning column for the first time since the end of last year. Um, I like them plus six. Eli, four touchdowns. You heard it here first. In the midst of Xander's great picking so far for the NFL, week one, he took the Giants plus three. That was a nice loss. Week two, he took the Giants plus three. That was a nice loss. They had to combine those odds to make them plus six. I think Xander's going to take another L on this one. The Giants going nowhere with Eli Manning at the helm. That is our picks. Xander, I know you got a lot to talk about in terms of MLB. We are coming down the wire. The Rockies are really making it hard for me to believe in sports because they're handing it over to the Dodgers and the NL West. Tell me what's going on in baseball, Wits. Yeah, this is this is a tough run for the Rockies here. I mean, they're just not getting it done in crunch time. And the L.A. Dodgers are a scary team because I think they are getting hot at the right time, seven and three in their last ten, um, and I think honestly, in my personal opinion, I think they're the favorite to win the NL right now. Um, you got a young upstart team in Atlanta who is going to easily win that division over the Phillies with about ten games left to play. Um, LA up two and a half on Colorado as we sit here on Thursday night, and like you said, Colorado just giving this division away. It seemed like a week or two ago that they were the ones who were going to make a run at it, and the Diamondbacks are a long and far away thought as they are six games back right now. We got one really interesting division in the NL, and it's still the NL Central. The Milwaukee Brewers find themselves two and a half games back, six and four in their last ten. Um, and as Cubs fans, we are sitting here sweating every day because Milwaukee, a team that has been notorious for folding in the second half, is now making their way, inching closer to an NL Central crown. However, I do think the Cubbies find a way to hold them off. Um, but I do think the Brewers are going to make the playoffs here. They are five games up on Colorado for that wild card spot. Um, so I think it'll be interesting. We look at the AL, Boston, 103 wins as we sit here on Thursday night. That division is over. The AL Central is over. And. I'm going to stick a fork in the ALOS because I think that's over too. Houston, three and a half games up on the Oakland A's. Got a lot of exciting stuff going on. Aaron Judge coming back for the Yankees. Um, So I think he might provide a big boost come playoff time in that one-game playoff that the Yankees are inevitably going to face with Masahiro Tanaka on the mound. 
That's I'm calling. And the it right best now. trade of the Major League Baseball season occurred Thursday night. Blake Snell was trading his baseball for chicken tenders and fries at the baseball game. One heck of a trade. He comes away with a full stomach and a fan gets a baseball. Blake Snell, the all-star, making the best trade of the Major League Baseball season. Yeah, Blake Snell, hopefully the 2018 AL Cy Young Award winner. What a season that guy's had. Unbelievable. Um, I remember when he wasn't going to get voted on the All-Star team. That was a disgrace in itself. But also some other big news. Will this be Bryce Harper's potentially last homestand in D.C.? What do you think, Roz? He's coming to the Chicago Cubs. Brycey boy, Brycey boy, come and join the Chicago Cubs. That's what I feel. He's going to join Daniel Murphy, who's been a stud. The Cubs need to pull it off, but we're going to get Bryce Harper come the 2019 season. Wow, that would be big news here. Um, I think the Nationals, this might be the end. But as we sit here, though, I think Juan Soto reminds me a little bit of Bryce Harper. I mean, what he's doing as a rookie, I think that's a very tight rookie of the year race between him and Acuna. Um, I think you got to give it to Acuna, though, looking at what that Braves team has done since he got up with them. But Soto, I mean, they lose Harper, but if they can still keep Scherzer and Strasburg, um, they got rid of Gio. I mean, maybe the Nationals kind of, you know, wake up on the right side of the bed next year and make the playoffs, but we'll see. That's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. We got the best time of the year coming up. We got September baseball, October baseball, and we'll even creep in, I think, to November 1st if we get to Game 7 of the World Series. We got NFL in full swing, college football. This is the best time of the year for sports, everybody. Fall weather, we're getting a little cooler here in Chicagoland area. Hopefully 60, 65. Play outside, get those leaves rolling. We're going to be back next week. Don't miss a show. Cleveland Browns look like they're going to win the first game in about two years. That is all the time we have here. Everybody have a great week. And don't forget to download the show AMF from 24-7 and LibertyTalk.fm. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.